Cool. We're back with another podcast, uh, the Dream 3 Podcast, Episode 7. Today, we are joined by a super special guest. He is the founder and CEO of Slabstock Sports Trading, Slabstock Aaron. Aaron, thank you for joining us today. Guys, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, pumped to get on. I saw you guys throw up a post and want to join and just talk about some sports cards and stuff. Absolutely. We uh, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate your time. Um, we, we know it's very valuable, but we're really trying to get you know people aware of the card market. We're big sports card people. We're big sports people um, and spreading the word of the hobby. We thought that you are probably one of the best people that can do that. So if you could uh, kind of give our, our newer listeners, our newer people, kind of what what Slabstocks is, how did you find or why did you found it and kind of what you do? Sure. So my name's Aaron. Uh, three years ago now, I founded Slab Stocks and had the goal in mind that I wanted to create something for people to use that could track the values of sports cards. Now, I had no idea how I was going to do it uh, as a sophomore in college. Um, had no money. Had not, not much going for me other than being in school, I guess, uh, at least in terms of like building a business and and just kind of put the pellets to the metal and started to post to social media because I knew before releasing any sort of product, which would take time for myself with my age and uh, financial financial situation, I knew I had to get the get the word out there on sports cards, have people start to think about sports cards as investments. Um, back in 2017, 2018 time, there was not many people, at least in the later 2018, that started to really like post on sports cards as if they're investments and uh, kind of took the bull by its horns to start and just started posting away on you know, different graphs, different numerical, um, financial, you know, analysis stuff with sports cards. And it really took on. And um, as the market grew, we grew with it and we got better along the way. And, you know, I had my closest friend from growing up, Nate, join me. And uh, now we've, you know, built it pretty big up to this point. And it's, you know, every day we set out just to make sports cards more accessible to others and to, you know, help hopefully show people uh, different things in sports cards, teach them different tips, whatever it might be, just really just connect and bring a community together is what I like to say. You know, that's the best thing we do, I think, is just to bring people together who like to talk about like-minded stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we're all in the same. I think that's kind of what the hobby is. Truly, when you dig down deep to the core, that's what it's about. Um, but first question I have, because everybody has one, what is your PC? What do you enjoy collecting? Sure. I had switched over the years. Uh, nothing has stayed constant with me in collecting. It's... Uh, you know, it, it's hard when there's it's such a big space. There's so many cards out there to stay focused on one thing for forever. I mean, going back in the day, I mean, I've switched between a ton of things. I used to collect football a lot. I used to collect baseball, blue and chrome autos a lot. I used to get into some basketball then, some hockey, like just many, many different things. But over the years, stuff that's really stuck with me has been a ton of Brewers cards. So, I mean, I've collected Brewers cards now since I was young, but really got into it hard as a junior in school when Yelich came to the Brewers and Lorenzo Kane, I started to collect their first tops, uh, tops heritage cards. And I, I built out the complete master set of Christian Yelich 2018 tops heritage variations in about three months, everything from the super fracture to the base, um, the throwback variation and got all PSA graded. It's really cool. Um, that's probably my like favorite collection piece I have that I'll definitely never sell. But now more recently I've been collecting a ton of Mason Mount, uh, my favorite soccer player. I've grown to like soccer a lot. Through sports cards, I started watching a lot of soccer games and started pick up some mount cards, started watching play and watch Chelsea play and 
fell in love very quickly. And now here I am with a ton of Mason Mount cards. But uh, yeah, I got some Giannis cards, got some Bucks cards, got some Hank Aaron stuff, uh, Jonathan Taylor stuff from Badgers. I got some one of ones of him and some Color Blast stuff. Colts but, fans in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big game five, co- or sorry, big game four coming up here in a little bit. So really excited about that. Cool. So, Neil, you want to jump in, kind of ask some questions about the national? As you know, you know, me and Neil are going to join. This will be our first national event that we get to go to. Being from Indianapolis, and Neil's formerly from Indianapolis, now in Ohio, we're going to make the trek up to Chicago and, and check it out. Man, congrats. That's going to be awesome. I remember my first one. That's just such a blast. Yeah. Um, we were, uh, let's see, uh, usually because of my work schedule, I don't know. Like, we start sports right at the right the first day of august i work in sports medicine so cool um, for us like this is this is like a time that we actually get to go so and it's gonna probably be the biggest one there's probably ever been so yeah i definitely it might be a little overwhelming but i'm gonna enjoy the ride as much as i can but uh enough about me um for you i I, we've seen some posts on slap socks about your charity event can you tell us a little more about that and you know, what your plan is for, for that charity event and everything that goes on in it. Yeah, sure. Sure. So, you know, a couple months ago, we kind of put together an idea that we could host a charity night at the national. We know some people have done some charitable things through sports cards in the past, but nothing to the level of like getting a bunch of people in one room and also live stream to as many people that want to watch and partake in on the internet. Um, we thought it'd be really cool to bring, you know, the last three years of the sports car market have been so incredible for so many people. Uh, we wanted to find a way to like allow all those people to join in an, in an event that can give back um, to a specific place, you know, and for us, um, it's Camp Kesem. It's a charity that's across the nation, but I was involved here in Wisconsin at UW-Madison where I graduated from. And it's an organization that hosts summer camps throughout the summer. Um, for kids whose parents have or had cancer and all the kids get sent for free. So there's no financial burden going on the families. And it's something I was involved in in college and was passionate about. And, you know, always want to try to find as many ways to make kids as happy as possible. And through cards is amazing. Uh, during one of our break streams is actually my very first break stream ever. It was uh, end of December, 2020. And I hit a couple of Zion cards for, for a guy. And he's like, Oh, you hit me one more and I'll donate $20 to a charity of your choice. And at that moment, I hit the Zion card, another one, like a fourth one. And he donates 20 bucks to, to Camp Kessim. I say why and everything like you just said. And he donates $20. And next thing you know, within like five minutes, we raised like 350 bucks in like 10 minutes of a live stream that I've been doing for my first time. And I was super awesome. overwhelmed and stuff. And it's just so cool. Like I never expected anything like that to happen. Um, there's probably, you know, 10 to 12 people that donate money. And, and after that stream, I remember my dad was like, hey, like, you know, this you know if this is something you want to do we should do it at the national too so we just kind of from that point have been planning it ever since and went public with the idea on july 1st which is now two weeks ago to today and within 14 days have fundraised well we've we've raised over 10 uh, sorry over a hundred thousand dollars in sports card donations either slabs or sealed product and at the time when i announced the public on july 1st we had like around ten thousand dollars you know donated and I never thought I could get this big, but two weeks later, we're now full-time event planners and trying to make this thing as big as possible so everyone can enjoy it, you know, give back to people in the sports card community, give back to Camp Kessem and the kids, of course. Um, You know, the goal is to raise $100,000 between all these product donations. I think we can do it. Um, It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be, I think, one of the – it's probably going to be, you know, my, my biggest accomplishment, not in terms of, like, 
trying to take credit for stuff that everyone is contributing to because honestly it's all the sponsors that are able to make this happen i don't have that much money worth of sports cards at all or seal product or anything like i can never make that happen we just were able to provide the platform to have everyone help us out to do it um but in terms of like actually accomplishing something in sports cards by far this will be my favorite thing i've ever done um it already is and we haven't even gotten to the event yet so i'm really grateful everyone was able to help out um, in terms of like how we're going to sell a hundred grand worth of stuff in the next two weeks. So we are, because of so much came in, we are going to host a, a charity night pre-show on July 20th. Nate's going to come down uh, to Milwaukee and we're going to go live on YouTube for, you know, three and a half hours or so. And we've already got six or seven breaks sold out. There's like four or five left to sell out on our shop, uh, slabstocks.com slash shop. So we'll do a pre-show with some breaks. Then at that time, we're going to list the biggest stuff. Like we have like this tier system where, I'll announce more of these details in, in depth uh, through our pages. Actually, I haven't even done it yet, but uh, people can buy into different like kind of you know um, tiers where they can get guaranteed prizes and stuff. And top prizes are really big per tier, um, where you can you know get five, ten times your money you're putting in. So it'll be really fun. I'm really excited. There's going to be free giveaways for people in person. There's going to be other live breaks happening at the event. Some live auctions happening. It's going to be really awesome, and I'm just really excited about it. Yeah, no, it's awesome. it's an amazing thing that you're doing. Um, it's for a great cause. And I think, I think that's a, a point that I want to bring up is just the testament to what the hobby does. Um, you guys at Slap Socks, uh, Ryan Card Collector 2, you know, other, these other places, whether that's Grand Slam, they're always trying to donate. They're always trying to give back. And as a hobby, it looks good for us. Um, but more so, it's just, it, it shows that the, the humility and, and the humbleness to, to give back and just, and just be, uh, a voice more so than just talking about sports cards and trying to give back and just just be good for other people and 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 donating so no doubt awesome. thank you and i i think the coolest thing is like this shows that you know like it's, it's one thing like it's cool you know we do some giveaways through our breaks where we give you know people in the stream packs and stuff which is fun but like this is going to touch hundreds of people that might not even know what sports cards are you know mm -hmm. and like that's the coolest thing is that like this can directly make an impact on people that have never heard of a Topps Chrome update card or, you know, a Kevin Durant rookie card, any of that stuff. And it's just cool how far sports cards can go and how big of a change they can make in people's lives and affect others. It's really cool. Yep. For sure. For sure. So switch gears a little bit more about kind of the national. That's the big thing coming up. Right. What are you guys doing at slab stocks? Are you guys setting up? Are you guys buying, selling? What are you guys? That's <laughs> a great question. So honestly, ever since this uh, charity night's blown up so big, it's been all my time is going to this right now. All my time, all of our most of our team resources are going to planning and everything. We will be set up. We have a booth there, booth six ninety five, all five days of the show. So there, we will have other stuff going on other than the charity night. But to me, right now, it's like this is the only thing I'm even thinking about. Um, but we, you know, as as our personal selves, we'll be selling cards. We'll be collecting, you know, buying other cards and stuff like that. Um, it's going to be a small part of the show for ourselves because I think such a big, important reason of the show for us is to actually connect with people that follow our content daily or weekly or monthly. Um, you know, me going to the national, like, I haven't even really thought about what cards I'm going to put in my showcase. How am I going to price them? What cards are going to be trying to buy? It's just kind of, kind of spontaneously happened with everything else going on. Um, that it's, it's definitely like, it's the reason why, you know, all of us get involved in cards in the first place is to buy and sell cards. But it's just really, I think speaks to the volumes of how, how important cards are other than just the cards. Like 
I'm going to spend my next week, uh, not this upcoming week, but the week after that in Chicago. And not, not even close to the top thing on my mind is what cars I'm going to buy or sell. Like, I, yeah. I'm not, I don't care about it because I care, but it's like there's so much more to it, which is – and honestly, like I just thinking another night just as like it's crazy the amount of friends I've made through the hobby too. Like people say it all the time, but there's legit people I talk to daily through cards that they just pick up the phone calling me. You know, like I've, I've made some great friends in the space. Um, and I mean, it helps them out that I am out there on social media. You know, people know who I am. They can find me easily, connect with me easily. But um, it's it's really awesome to see. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely excited to meet you. You know, having been able to come on our podcast, the, you know, even though we're kind of small, it, it, <laughs> it's a testament to you guys and yeah. showing showing the love for everybody. In the hey, well, here's, we the, here's the thing. Everyone ourselves. starts somewhere. You know, like when we did our first live stream, we had two people watching the entire time. <laughs> two people. Um, yeah. You know, when we when we put up our first podcast, we'd have ten listens, five listens, whatever it is. But you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. You have to start to put your voice out somehow, connect with others, and the rest just falls in a place with time. Um, nothing comes easily, especially in a market that's so competitive now, um, mm-hmm. which is definitely and and that's true for ourselves too. Like, sure, like I started early, which has really helped get us, you know, to the point we're at right now. But it's really competitive still for us to this day, and we're you know, we're doing our best to to keep our voice out there and to keep innovating as much as we can too. So, so going, going, knowing that you're, you're, you haven't really had a plan for the national, can, can you at least help us out in understanding, you know, maybe for the first timers like us, you know, what's something that we need to prep ahead of time? You know, what, do, what do we need to, what do we need to keep our eyes open to and understanding how the national works, you know, how to go about just connecting, buying, selling, trading, yeah. getting the whole experience. Yeah. Um, First of all, I think this year is like it's going to be something we've never seen before, as you said when you when we sure. opened the show, right? Like, like I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, how many people were there last time? Is it hard to get to boots? Is it hard to do this and that? And honestly, like, I don't think any of that can apply because there's going to be way more people, there's going to be way more cameras. It's probably going to be much more difficult to get to certain boots to talk to certain people. You know, two two years ago at Chicago. You just walk up to Gary's booth and just shake his hand and say, "Hey, how's it going?" I'm sure there were people walking up and saying hi and you might have to wait like a minute, but now you you never know how many people are going to be here trying to see different people amongst the hobby. Um, when it comes to like, what should you do, you know, to like get your mind right and the going into like, what can you expect? Um, first of all, like it's going to be interesting to see too, because y- you think about the amount of people have entered the space over the last two years. It makes me wonder like, what is it going to be like the actual dealers at the show? Are we going to see a lot of the dealers that were there two years ago? Are we going to see all these new companies that came into sports cards? Are they all going to have taken over those booths, like paid insane amounts of money to acquire those booths? Because I don't know if you all know, but like two years ago, I, we were actually one of the last people to get into the to the show to have a booth. Um, we submitted like an early form, got in at the right time and got like the very corner booth in the show. So we have it now for as long as we want, as long as we keep going, which obviously be a long time, hopefully for forever. And a lot of other people that need to get a booth now have to pay ridiculous amounts to get the booths from other people who have. So I'm curious to see what the booth makeup is going to be, first of all. Um, Second, it's going to be really interesting seeing the pricing of this show. In the past, people who go to the show would sometimes make complaints that the deals aren't there. That you go there and you're expecting to see eBay or lower, and everyone sees eBay or higher. And to me, it's like I think that like I, there's no rule on how dealers need to price their stuff, but like 
you should be able to price it at eBay given that booths have a fee. You know, there's a thousand some dollar fee for each booth, which now seems really small compared to how valuable these booths are. Yeah. But, you know, if you were to sell that on eBay, you'd have to at least sell over $10,000 worth of cards to make it worth it in terms of like fees. And then on top of that, you have all the gas or the flights or the travel or the food, whatever it is, if you're a full-blown company going there to sell. Now, our case is a little bit different, but still, something to consider. I think getting the card in person definitely warrants you know, sellers to be able to sell at eBay. Now, also, on the flip side, the market is so competitive now. There are so many cards that are similar to each other. You know, you think about your base PSA 10s, your 9s, your silver 10s, your silver 9s. That you're gonna have to be priced competitively if you want to sell them there. Like, oh yeah, there should be screaming deals this show, in my opinion. Like, people going to the show, you have five days to connect with people to sell as much as you can, and you're not gonna sit there and not sell stuff. Now, if you do that, you probably don't care if you're selling or if you're not. Anyways, there's gonna be people you're gonna go up to. They either don't have their cards priced, that don't know how much they want for their cards, and they're just gonna be frankly like outrageously priced on stuff that we all know is worth less. And those are the boosts that's going to be hard to deal with. Um, I would say never be afraid to ask someone like one, the price, if they don't have prices, actually most of the time I just walk past those boosts, you know, unless it's a card I really want, you know, I won't even stand there and wait more than like 10 seconds to get an answer. From, excuse me, an answer from someone, which is also a note. If someone's going to set up, that's watching this, please price all your cards. Um, otherwise you'll lose buyers, no doubt. And I would just say, like, do not be afraid to negotiate with people. If it's, if it's your first show ever, like I get how it can be intimidating I've been going to shows since I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. I'm sure I was negotiating with people at 10 or 11 years old. Um, but just just be willing to ask an offer. Like it, at my booth, like I'll have soccer cards out there. Someone comes off and gives me an offer. And if it's not what I want, I'll say, hey, you know, I, I'm not going to take that. Like this is my counter. And if you want it, you want it. If not, then no. You know, like it's not it's not that complicated. It's just be nice to others and, uh, you know, just say, say your prices. And it's not, it's really not that complicated. I think a lot more people make it more complicated than it has to be. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's not something we, we want to see, especially when stuff gets chipping in the hobby. I know there's been a lot of like comps, this comps that I don't care what prices are this, that, you know, whatever you price on what you want. You're not going to sell if you're too high. It's as easy as that. For yeah. sure. Well, I think part of that, uh, part of, you know, going into that, making a deal is, uh, you know, like other people on it, like Jamil have mentioned, Ryan have mentioned from car collector too, is, you know, connecting with the people, around the shows, connecting with dealers, connecting with, with other, other sellers, you know, making, developing relationships is going to help you eventually get the deals that you want. There is no trades, doubt. Buy, sells, anything like that. So there's no doubt. There's never been a time in my life that I've held out for five to $10, especially off of someone I think I can, you know, build a relationship with. And I'll tell you this, exactly. like, I, I haven't really sold that many cards, like to like, even kind of get down this road. But like, when I say like build a relationship, I didn't mean like, Oh, I'm only selling this guy's card so I can then build a relationship so that in the future he can buy a card. I didn't mean to say it like that, but I did. Um, no, no, and pretty no. much everyone I'm building relationships with is based on friendships and just yeah. really trying to be nice with others in the hobby. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's totally true. It's not worth it for anyone to try one over someone. You know, those people that you see trying to do that or, you know, scam someone this or that, you just won't last long. You won't make any friendships. You won't have fun. Like, who wants to do that? I don't want to do that. The so. hobby does a really good job of calling those people out too. And yeah. Just and, and helping each other out. So I like the hobby does a good job of that. I they agree. Get those people weeded out for sure. Yeah. And then on the flip side too, it's like, you know, I'm going there with some rare soccer cards. There's a yeah. chance I'm going to be highly priced. I don't want to sell them. You know, it's like, right. I'll, 
and, and like that's I fine. Got some Brady's I'm going with too. I'm not, I don't right, know right. sell them, but hey, you're gonna pay me cash. Exactly. It's like there's no point in like holding something against someone based on pricing unless they're being like super rude to you. That's my opinion. You know, yeah. it's like you know, I'm gonna be overpricing some of my cards because I want to sell them. Everyone's gonna do that. So but on the flip side, it's like you also can't like expect to sell them for that. Like I'm gonna put something out there that I'm not gonna expect to sell it, but if I do, I do. So right. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Well, I think the national is huge, um, but what's going to come out of the national is probably going to set the market. I would think for the rest of the year. What What are your thoughts as to what maybe the national will bring? Maybe what comes out of the national, and maybe just the outlook of sports cards. Just because I think we've been so worried about it, you know. But yeah. it seems like it's making a positive turn and kind of leveling out now and starting to pick back up. Yeah, I, I felt that too. And I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, with the national and being able to physically see like how big of an impact the sports card market has on people in the industry. Like that is worth a lot. Um, I'm still not in the mindset that stuff that's overproduced, that's going to keep coming back flooded from PSA. I don't foresee that stuff upticking. Um, that's not to say that certain cards that are base cards like aren't are, are bad or anything. Like, there's definitely base cards that, in my opinion, this is another topic, but like that are very low produced, very low population that can do very well. Um, now, when I talk about like 2019 Prism Tyler Hero stuff that was sitting at PSA for forever, that's not getting flooded. That's another Thank story. Thank God I didn't send any in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, some of that stuff isn't even selling for the cost of grading now, which is crazy. Yeah. And uh, you know, to me, it's like the market's gonna is gonna be fine like everyone out there is you know sports cards are dead this and that like that's just not true if you look at the market from now versus a year ago two years ago there's so many more people involved in sports cards now they might not be spending as much as they were last year but we're talking about like extreme circumstances free money no one's doing anything everyone's buying stuff on the internet like that's circumstances we've never seen before so to say the sports car market's dead is completely false um, it's still that, higher than what it was last year. Like it's still up. Like no doubt to the score course of two years, it's still up. No it's doubt just going through a dip. Yeah, and and everything finds its floor too. Yeah, it just depends on where it is. Like if you have something that's going to have thousands be sold by people who don't want the card because it's just coming back from PSA, that floor is going to be awfully low. Yeah. Now if you have a card that's an autograph on card that might be you know graded already of a rookie, like that stuff finds its floor much faster than other cards. So it really is card dependent. Too many people try to make like entire market judgments when in reality, everything has its own little subsector. And I think it'll only do good to have the market going forward be based off of performance of said player, meaning of said set versus for random reasons, different things going up for random prices. Like that stuff isn't how the market ever worked. You know, there's you got your sets that gain value over time. You got your cards that gain value over time. And then everything else from there is you got to make a smart invest in, investment on a player. And that's really what brings in the sports aspects. Like you literally didn't have to know anything about sports other than the top players. You didn't really have to know much about cards other than like PSA and like a prism card. And you could have made money in the last like two years. But everything gets a little bit more difficult when the market gets cool. And I think a lot of it just has to do with making the smart plays and nothing is easy. I mean, I've lost money in plenty of cards in my life. Like so many cards that came and say, I've also done well on other cards that you know have done very well. So honestly, like 
it, it's honestly, I think it's good that stuff's going down in value that people are realizing it's not all, all, you know, sunshines and flowers and rainbows, whatever you want to say, because you know, that's not what it ever was. And there's about a one to two year period where stuff just went up for forever and then it didn't happen. And now people are freaking out, but honestly, like, you know, any, anything that's desirable is going to constantly be desirable if there's not an infinity supply, which nothing is infinity supply also, which when I do say it, stuff will find a floor, it will find a floor. Like Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero Prism based PSA tens might find like a twenty five dollar floor. Who knows? And then from there, if he starts to build his career and build his legacy, that twenty five dollar card can go up to forty dollars and stuff. Like we just saw with Cam Reddish, it can happen. It's just it's got to get to that floor first before it happens. Right. I think Aaron just described like my intro to cards perfectly. These two, Aaron, got me into it. Yeah. Like two and a half years ago, when it all was sunshine and rainbows, and the first box. That I ever bought, I pulled what the Lucas Luca, Silver the Auto, Luca Silver Auto, a Luca Base, Prism Silver, uh, Prism Trae Silver Young Auto. Silver Man, you probably you probably hobby. thought that uh, sports cards were going to be great for forever, and it, nothing would ever go down <laughs> in price. <laughs> and then, it, yeah, it was all sunshine and rainbows, and now I'm on that dip of like, oh, so it's a little more difficult than it seems. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah, the it's kind of like missing on twenty bets in a row for you, Dylan. <laughs> you hey, can't win that. all the time. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I do have a question for Aaron that's kind of yeah. just selfishly related to me. Yeah. Reggie Bush cards. I only collect USD. Oh yeah. If he gets the Heisman back. Is there a bump? <laughs> there might be if there's enough US, USC Reggie Bush fans. I don't know. I don't know why anyone else will buy them. <laughs> that's that's it. That's all for me. I'm buying. I'm buying Rogers. Reggie Bush game used money envelopes where he gets his money from. That's <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, Aaron, I appreciate your time. You know, hanging out with us. Um, if you would please tell everybody where they can find you uh, on social, your website. Uh, go ahead and plug that if you would. Yeah, for sure. So our website, slabsocks.com. Um, you can go on there very soon. Uh, Slabsocks Pro will be active uh, live. You can get to it from our main parent website, slabsocks.com. You can find us at slabsocks on Instagram. Myself at slabsocks Aaron. I show my soccer collection and uh, some other cards I collect and everything. But uh, that's about it. YouTube, also the Slabsocks YouTube channel. And um, I appreciate you all for having me. It's a good time. And I'm Glad to be able to connect with some other people in the hobby. I've never met any of you before, but I really look forward to it at the National. I will the best player in the world sure. in soccer right now. Best player in the world in soccer right now? Yeah. Oh, it's still messy. It's okay. still messy. Okay. All right. Yeah. And he has signed for five more years at Barcelona. I think he's like 34 right now. But he there just – yeah, he has blew the, blew the top off of Copa America, and I imagine more will be on the way this upcoming fall. Do we know how much he signed for? It was about half of what his previous contract was. So okay. – uh, I think his last contract was like five hundred some million over like yeah, it's like five seventy, I think. 570. Yeah, so it's probably around like two fifty, two sixty or something. Yeah, cool. It's more money well, than I got. Aaron, <laughs> we appreciate your time. We'll see you in a couple weeks up at the national. Hey, appreciate it, guys. See you there. Go Bucks. Go see Bucks. Ya. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, that was a good conversation. Yeah, very good conversation of a guy. You know, like I'm playing the videos up. You know. He rips a lot of boxes. They do a lot of good stuff for, for the hobby. Like he said, like the charity night is crazy. Like if you haven't seen the Instagram page, like people are sending national treasures boxes, flawless boxes for charity. Like yeah, that a couple are still open. I need to see what's open so I can jump in whatever's left. For, for sure. That might you need be to get you know. an Instagram page. That's the yeah. first problem. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
You got you. Man, I how, lurk. I lurk with the username that's like JFG. <laughs> hey, how about the shade on the Tyler Hero PSA tens? I was sell, dude. I was selling those for three fifty a piece. There's no better example. Hero is fucking everywhere. It's true. It's. I don't no even way. know what I did. I think I. I think I donated those to Ryan when he was giving those out to kids. I was like these aren't worth anything anymore. <laughs> Might as well give them to the kids so they can watch. Well, I them. sold it right the end of the peak. Like the one I bought, I Caleb sold for the pink exactly one. what I got it for, and then I up. I made probably you know twenty bucks on the Couple three or four raw that I had. Like yeah, because you had the, you had the raw ones and then you had a pink ice. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't lose. I, I lost nothing on those, so I nope. got out. Yeah, I mean, well, that was the, before the that fall. huge retail craze. <laughs> like you were like I was ripping. I was ripping boxes. Well, that's what like before all the retail craze, before yeah. this hobby exploded, you could buy a whole tray of Prism sitting at Walmart and then just rip it all. I mean, that's then, what we would do. And then I sat on it, and then all of a sudden I had 12 Tyler Hero cards <laughs> that I could sell for $100 a piece. I still have a closet full of all the, you know, non-Zion jaw, you know, so you wait for like the cam reddishes to do good, and then you start selling them or the bull oh, bull yeah. craze or something yeah. like that. So I think uh, I got some Jordan Pool still, maybe. Oh, I, I or I maybe got, Ryan does. I don't know. He got a, he got all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody watched the, nobody watched the baseball game last night. I did. Did you? Yeah. How was it? Because I was did listening you bet on the baseball game. Did I bet on the baseball game? I did. Yeah. AL and under, baby. Did you? What was, 11, what was the under at? It was ten and a half, and I stayed away. And then it got to 11. I'm like, they hadn't hit 11 in like 14 fucking years, but <laughs> once. And there you go. everybody was just all over it. Also bet no run first inning. That's fucking dicey in an all-star game, folks. That's yeah. dicey. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the uniforms? I felt that they look like like uh, pajamas. All your meat so, missing is the feetsies and, and the butt flap. They were bad. Maybe... I probably had him at a four out of ten. I think the rest of the internet probably had him at like a, a two, maybe. Oh. Um, they need to just go to your home jerseys, OA jerseys, and you do an all-star cap. Yeah. Period. Like, yeah, I like that a little Angel better. Angel jersey, Oriole jersey, both white, gray. Like, do lights, darks, or colors and lights, and do an all-star like hat. I, don't I like think the way you... the NBA did that, and then they changed it. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the NBA's was, had some good ones though. Like they've done gold. They've had, they've had some like, good ones, but I like seeing yeah. your jersey out there on the All Star. I, I completely agree. I think that's what it should be. But when's baseball ever made a decision that's intelligent? They had their draft going on during the All Star game. They're Those fucking morons. Terrible. <laughs> baseball. Let's be honest. Baseball the past three years has been on life alert. <laughs> well, they they make up ways to have less fans. So like. We have a draft going on. 100%. You want to do the all-star game during it? Yeah, let's do that. Well, that, and you can see how desperate they're starting to get because, you know, they were trying to do the mic'd up thing, which, you know. That's fun. I it do could be. Like it, that. So yeah, it's here, fun, except it's baseball, and sometimes you have a guy who won't see a ball for the entire game. <laughs> but, like, what was it? Was it Tatis who they were talking to when Vladdy smoked that, that home run? They're just like, oh. But the other thing, how it could work was, you know, they were talking to the pitchers, and the pitchers were, you know, not they couldn't hear them, but then you got a couple GD blasts on live TV. So if they're doing that during an all-star game, why can't, you know, MLB kind of make something, 
you know, kind of how NASCAR does, you know, you have the radio stuff. I would love to hear some, some mic'd up, some yeah, NFL mic'd up. You could get there. I mean, with Dude, baseball, you could do, like, imagine the conversations that are going on in some of those baseball dugouts. For sure. Yeah, I mean, if that's baseball what I doesn't want make a change in 10 years, there is a problem. There, I mean, they will lose. Right now, their average is like 40 and up. And that's not, you know, exactly. No, no, no. Last year, it was like 54. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm their generous, average age yeah, of viewers. That's, you have to do something. And I think they will. Maybe it's just my ignorance because I've watched, you know, baseball all my life. Like, you know, I have a favorite team. So I tend to watch their games more than anything. Yeah. I mean, we have some friends that play pro ball. So, yeah. Hey, know, I'm going to watch Tucker this weekend. Are you? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, buddy, mine's coming down from Chicago. We're gonna go watch the Reds play. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Is Someone's he... gonna have to ship me Tucker's old Brownsburg jersey so I can have him sign it. <laughs> I got a bunch of one of ones in here that I could send you to have them sign. If they yeah. aren't autographs, send them to me. I'll have them autographed. They're not autographs. But then I'd have to go get them like authenticated, which I don't want to do. I'm, I'm waiting for Gordon to get PSA back in be town so I can get some things on him. So. Yeah. Hey, so. Uh, who won? And forgive me for my ignorance because I don't follow baseball. But who won the the home run derby? Uh, Pete Alonso. He went back to back. He won it last year as well. Wow, resurrecting a career. Jeez. So I'm listening to Rome, and Rome's thinking that you know the home run derby's played out. Like they need to do something something else. I mean, yeah. I mean, I go back and forth. So I used to love it. I mean, until I was probably. Even 18, you know what I mean? From like third grade to high school, I didn't miss, you know, a pitch. And now if I'm not at home or if I'm doing something like it's not a big deal. The last couple of years, I've gotten back into it a little more. You know what I mean? Because I, right now baseball has some, they almost have the slam dunk problem. Like the slam dunk, con- they, they got Otani to do it, but you know what I mean? Like you need all your big hitters. Nice. If you're baseball, you need all your big hitters in a, in a home run derby. Yeah, I think I think you need to tweak it to make it smaller and shorter because it does affect guys for the rest of the season. Sometimes, I mean, there are players that come into the All Star game that are torching, that do the derby and then don't find their stroke for two months because they're they're not used to swinging a hundred percent at a hundred pitches in a day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. And they yeah, start well, I mean, they're trying to Thursday. lift the ball every time rather than putting it in play. Yeah, I mean, it goes against, you know, what you're supposed to probably teach somebody. Yeah. And they get, you know, a day off completely, which is today. And the Yankees and Red Sox are back at it, you know, again tomorrow. So, so hear that. Make sure you sell all your Vladdy cards now because he's not going to hit anything the rest of the year. Yeah, no, I would. And go to go to Alphabet. No. <laughs> Give them away for free. Um <laughs> No, so that's unbelievable. That was an absolute moonshot. Oh my god! Last year, though, four was it four sixty-eight? Taking a year off, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, he's a him, Tatis, you know, Otani. Like they have guys to carry baseball. They just need to get their shit together. I, baseball you know needs I mean? to market. Baseball them. needs to get it together. The players they need to market. Yeah. they need oh, to market Tatis. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be MLB just. And I don't know how you do it. You know, I'm not a, a fucking pro on, you know, marketing and growing a, you know, a league. That's well, they wanted me. to do it with Mike Trout, but Mike didn't want, he didn't want the publicity. So here, here goes into that Mike Trout thing. Like, 
So I'll, I'll circle back and get into you know the stupid stuff that Stephen A said about Otani. Otani couldn't be a uh, a superstar or carry the league because he has to have an interpreter. Yeah. Well, if you look at half the league, Vladimir needs an interpreter. Fernando Tatis ba basically needs an interpreter. Mike Trout doesn't even Acuna. talk. Acuna. Mike Trout doesn't even do interviews. Well, like look so at Anderson Silva. He needs Anderson an interpreter. Like he's yeah. lying. Anderson is lying out his face. You well, know I mean, he speaks okay, good so English. So like the thing is, I can speak Spanish. I took you know five years of Spanish, whatever it is. But I would need an interpreter. Like you know what I mean? I can't pick up everything if somebody's just blasting questions yeah. at you. You no. know what I mean? I Charles I just Charles Olivero doesn't speak English. Like yeah. on that platform for Stephen A. I mean, that's a ballsy strategy to. And then double down on it on Twitter. He doubled down on it. Yeah. Well, and then he came back and apologized. You know. Well, I mean? yeah, because he was about to lose his job. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? And I. Just, it's well, an it's an ignorant statement. It's a global game. You know, people want to see long balls. They want to see triple digit heat. So yeah. if you throw that, you're going to become the face. It doesn't matter if you speak English or not. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see you throw in 120 miles an hour. I yeah. want the exit velocity to be 200 plus, like Bryson DeChambeau, and I want people to snort coke in the in locker rooms and on the sidelines, <laughs> like off the end of the bat. I want to see steroids popping out the top of the bat and just taking yeah, a handful I've before never, you go up yeah. there, chew it like bubble gum. Let's do that. Make yeah, baseball, baseball entertaining. Just, baseball has more than a couple of problems, and uh, that's just one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, besides that, so we had uh, my next favorite thing of the weekend. We had Connor breaking his leg. We had the fights. If you if you look back at the last podcast, everybody that I claimed to have bet on, I lost. I bet I bet on almost all the dogs. They all lost. That's why I don't bet. Terrible night. <laughs> terrible night for me. I, I want to start out with uh, Greg Hardy getting blasted in the mouth. Yes, I bet on Greg Hardy. It was amazing. Yes. Yes. Amazing. You won't hear me not say that he had it. I mean, he had he, it. He just he had it. Over. He just came in. I mean, a classic mistake. Just bum swinging, just arms out. Like who? Who did that a couple you know years I mean? ago? Acted like he was. Acted like he was about out, and then just took one looping haymaker yeah. and just crushed yeah. it. The best one I can think of is because uh, me and Dylan were both watching it live because I was in Terre Haute and he texted me, Pat Berry, Chet Congo. That might have been it. Where Ch uh, Pat Berry had knocked Chet Congo out unconscious three times. Pat Berry rushes in and gets caught with one straight right yeah. and puts him to sleep. Yeah. Like, he did the yeah. same thing. But you look at Twitter and everything else, everyone's like, oh, this is so great. Everybody wants to see Greg Hardy. Which, get I mean, he's an asshole. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not my a wallet doesn't care if you're an asshole or not, though. I don't give true. a fuck. Very true. <laughs> I just want the wallet to get bigger. I don't, I would, you know. <laughs> I'd sell my soul for a parlay. I'll be honest with you. I don't really give a shit. I do, and then the the shoey, the multiple shoeys was pretty gross. That's that's a bit much for me. The dude yeah. dumping the hot sauce into the shoe. It's not, <laughs> oh. it's not okay. You know. What I mean? Oh, oh! I did enjoy you never, that. You never know what kind of fungus those people. Yeah. Have. Oh, yeah. What do you? It's gross. Do that. I did enjoy pass. The dude who took the fight on 11 days notice and got punched in the face 300 times against O'Malley and just kept coming hey, forward. So you guys, I had no idea how short that notice was like until the second round. I mean, I had no idea. He was working 80 hours a week at a paint factory and got a call. <laughs> Jeez. And 
he did not move his head once. Oh. He did not block a punch, but he was just, it was like Rocky one. Just he's like used to getting hit with paint cans in the face. So he fucking yeah. was just taking it. dude. Just I'm pretty sure it. other than, other, what was it? Moutinho. Mm-hmm. That was his name. I'm pretty sure Moutinho's face might've taken less damage than Sean O'Malley's fists <laughs> because he, his face got beat up. So what is what does that say? Does that say that O'Malley can't put a guy away who's off the street, or does it say that that guy can take you know a hell of amount of punishment and he can take a punch? I think it could be a little bit of both. I also feel a lot of pain for the people that took the juice on the O'Malley to win by decision and were robbed 30 seconds away. Was, like, I bet it was a plus 1,000. Oh, it was, bet. no, it was, it was plus 5,000. Oh, see, that's not good. Yeah, now, you're an idiot if you bet that and you deserve to lose. Her, Herb Dean had money on it. That's why. Yeah, Herb, Herb, it was Herb. Herb had the money well, on it. Well, and normally Herb lets people die, so he had money on it. <laughs> 28 seconds left, man. What's what's another 50 punches going to do? Like, he's already got CTE six, seven times. <laughs> it's probably a lot. <laughs> well, hey, DC saw him in the, in the hallway eating ice cream, and it's just like, that's, the, that's a he tough thing. He shouldn't have been enough. eating the ice cream. He should have been fucking bathing in it, just stuck his face in the ice cream. He didn't need to be eating. He just needed to hey, bury his head in tell it. Me, tell me this. Why isn't Sean Sean O'Malley getting more love in MMA? Uh, I mean, well, his his he's very new. His broken leg. He's been around you know, for a few years, though. Loss or whatever didn't help. I yeah, mean, but he doesn't yeah, have but that. Was that's because he rolled it? He basically broke his ankle. Well, yeah, but had he come off another win, I mean, yeah, he would be even bigger. But I mean, he's he's got one loss. I don't know. He seems Still a little like fresh. Yeah, he seems like he's underrated. He is. He's the next superstar. Yeah, he, he tries to do a little bit of the Connor thing. He just needs to get cheekier at it. He's like really, he was on he McAfee's this week. Like yeah, he was on McAfee's this week and ripped off his shirt and had the for the brand uh, tank underneath of it. Yeah. Like he he gets it. He's just super young. He hasn't fought any big big. Uh, he's knocked out a bunch of scrubs. Yeah, but he just he needs to get a little. Someone bit needs cheekier. to give him something then, make it worth it. Yeah, but you don't want to run him up too fast. You want to be like want to be like Ryan Gar- Garcia in boxing. Like, yeah, let him fight a bunch of paint cans, but then like you don't want to have him fight Tank Davis or you know somebody great like too early. Does because- he bounce around at all right now? Who is his champ? Who? O'Malley. Who would be O'Malley's champ? Does he fluctuate? What, what's he at? Fe- is he at? Is he at lightweight or featherweight? I believe it's lightweight. Well, that's what I'm wondering. He's got the body type, you know, kind of a gangly guy that he could probably move to a couple. So I didn't know if he prefers, like, on the record one or the other, or is he just going to take fights? I think he's 135 and 145. He's bantam. He used to he so used to be at – yeah, he used to be at fly. Okay, so he could do 125 to 145. Maybe. He could. Yeah, he could. Um, okay. Dana's got to give him some fights. I think yeah, it's kind it's get time him for him guy. to start seeing some people. I tell you I, what, give me O'Malley and Aldo. Fucking give me that. Yes. I, like I would it. love to see it. Good striking matchup. I mean, you look at the guys I mean, that he's Aldo's a little over the hill, but give him a veteran that, that'll test him and then give him, you know, a top five. Don't put, put Dominic Cruz back in the ring. I wouldn't be against that, but I think he'd probably kill Dominic Cruz. Well, he called out Dominic. He called out Cody Garbrandt. Like that would and be. And see, fun. Cody is, doesn't do it for me. I, no. 
think, I mean, it's a good name. It's a good name, but Cody's lost what, like three of his last five? Yeah. Well, fuck. Well, give me, give me good. Connor Sean wins, puts him out of the then, UFC. You know. Or TJ Dillashaw. Ooh, give me TJ Dillashaw. Ooh, I like that. Especially like coming that. off the suspension, he's been out for two years. Well, doesn't he already have a fight coming? He's back got a though? fight coming up, but yeah, you never know. I mean, that that's always a good. But it, get, I look at get like, that guy in. He's I look at future. I look at Sean's record, and you know, just looking at the he, you know, he knocked out Eddie Wineland, Thomas Almeida, and he lost to Mark. He lost to Marlon Vera. I mean, he's only had you know, not including the contender series fights, which he had two. One, two, three, four, five. That was only a sixth UFC fight. Yeah. So he's still relatively new with not a not a very big, you know, record going into it. I mean, before he got on the contender series, he was, was like twelve and one. I bet he's, he's I bet he's a fight away from a title. He's fourteen so one right now. Fourteen and one. Bro, in the next oh, he's he's in the title picture by the end by probably middle of next year. Two or three fights. Guaranteed. If he keeps oh, winning. I bet if he has a fight before the end of the year, I how bet. much of a ground game does he have? He's a brown belt. Uh, yeah, but hmm. I I don't think he wants to. He's so long and lanky, and he's so good with his feet that yeah, he can keep you away. His footwork is great. Yeah, you like, just don't want to get in a match with a guy who's a really good wrestler, and you don't have good takedown defense, and then well, you're and playing that's why off your he's back. Been babied a little bit because Dana knows that he puts fans in the stands and. He needs to find matchups for him not to be taken down and laid on. I mean, let's yeah. be real. Yeah. You go, th- you go through the Khabib Connor thing. Yeah. You get taken yeah. down. Dana's get- pretty smart at holding out for that last moment until you have to put the wrestler against a striker. <laughs> it's like, I will give him fights that he can tee off on people. And then when it gets to the top guys, then you can't really, you know, pick and choose strikers and wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. Once you hit that top, you know, Three, you gotta be round. You gotta fight. You gotta be able to fight whoever by then. Yeah. So, like, looking at the Connor fight, like, you know, the first forty-five seconds, it was playing well for Connor coming out, throwing those kicks, you know, kind of connecting. After that, it just felt like Dustin just became the bigger guy coming forward. Connor, for some reason, jumps, tries to jump guillotine. Well, here's my theory. Okay. If he, so he threw all those kicks, right? Connor, I think Connor's lying. I think I think he did feel a break, and when he on one of the kicks, and when he when you do that, you're not Connor would never pull guard. We know that. So why would he pull guard and try to pull a guillotine on someone who's a good wrestler, has a great ground game, when you know he's not good at that stuff? Well, two reasons. Uh, one, Kavanaugh broke that down today or yesterday, and then John Wayne Parr, who's a world champion Muay Thai fighter, former MMA. Yeah, his name's John Wayne Parr. Uh, so you can see there is the kick, and Dustin blocks it with his forearm, and you can see Connor's shin flex and bend over, and then he brings it back and throws the front kick. When he throws the front kick, it hits the bottom of the elbow. After the front kick, he brings it back, and that's when he steps to throw that punch, and it rolls underneath. Uh, he Kavanaugh also said that it that ankle was bothering him for two weeks during camp. So yeah, but I, I, that stuff isn't like from a sports medicine side. The stuff like that is a freak of nature accident, unless they're dealing with micro fractures. fractures. That's what I'm thinking. But you're 
if it was a microfracture, if he had microfractures, then it's the first or second kick that he because he was throwing them hard. Yeah, it, if yeah. it's the first or second kick, it would have been gone. So and I doubt, I really doubt, if it was getting that bad that he would take that fight. He would have pulled out. Yeah, well, wish I would have had Dustin in the first. Damn sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think you know if it would have went to the second round. Yeah, it, without the ankle break. I, I mean, Connor has shown time and time again, once he's gotten the billion dollars in the bank, that the cardio is just not there. You know, it's just the one article I read was, you know, when you have a lot of yes men around you, like, how much better are you getting? You know what I mean? Nobody's going to call you out on something to change it. I mean, you've got hundreds of million in the bank. You're going to go through the motions. You're going to cash another check. I mean, I don't know if, yeah, you know, Connor is true. He just needs to go to that, you know, bare knuckle with Paige Van Zant and just well, only throw bombs. And he needs know, if he wants to get if he wants to go back to normal, he needs to do the Apollo, you know, the Rocky thing, Rocky two. He needs to go to living back in in the dumpster, eating, you know, yeah. no nice clothes, stuff like that. Um, but if he if all he cares about is making money, then you can see him, which I'm not mad at. Yeah, I mean, get your money for sure. So the money fights for him. Fight Diaz again for number three, and then he's got to fight the Paul, Paul brother. Yeah, like, which I still think Jake if he wants it. I mean, yeah. the Dustin fights money. I mean, Dana was quick to offer that, so why not take that? Why not? Yeah, that's true. You'd have um, a chance at a one punch, get the title, you could retire with the title. I mean, and then the one thing that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way the whole week, like listening to the media and listening to everybody else, was like. You know, you have the cameras and you have the audio of, of Connor, you know, you know, running his mouth in the cage, what he said pre-fights, this and that. And then, you know, Dustin saying, you know, it's bad for the sport, and yes and that, yes and no, and this and that. No, it's good for the sport. Exactly. So here's the problem. It's like human cockfighting. You can't go below. <laughs> if you Everybody look, needs a Michael Vick. If you – well <laughs> – if you look at every let's let's just say everybody fight. needs a Kevin Durant. Everybody right. needs a villain. Let's look at yeah, let's just look at fighting. If you the pure martial artists, like do those fights sell? No. Habib every I hate Habib watching Habib. Does I hate Le watching George Does Leota Machida versus I don't know. A, a John Jones. Me, that's so that was fun. Well, that's a John Jones fight. That's different. <laughs> No, no, no. Like, I think Habib is it. I think Habib and I think I think George, George St. Pierre St. are Pierre good examples. Always a fucking snoozer. Yeah, George St. Pierre is a snooze fest. Snooze fest. Caleb, because what do he do? He just sit on top of you and just ride you like a donkey for five. But minutes. You look at the pay per view buys. I mean, it did 1.8 million pay per view buys this weekend. So it's like you know people want to see the conflict. Oh, yeah. So it, it, I think about like people love the bad guy. I think of bad guys. Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen lost, what, three of five, and three of them were title fights in a yeah. row in two different weight classes? Yeah. Like, a well, guy... It's, you know, I mean, it's that's a combat sports thing. You know, Ali wasn't the most mild-mannered person in the world. For now, sure. Was he talking about, you know, wives being in his DMs? No, but <laughs> he didn't have DMs, or else he would have been, because he, he talked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you sell fights. Mike Tyson and went to prison for rape. 
In Indiana, shout out. In Indiana, came back, fought Peter McNeely, did over 2 million pay-per-view buys. Yeah, I mean, that's just, when you have people punch each other in the face for a living, they're probably not the most, you know, settled human beings on the face Normal. of the earth. Yeah, so you, I always think of like, wild cards. I always think of the Tyson uh, uh, Lennox Lewis pay-per-view, you know, when he goes up, he pushes Lewis, then he's yelling at the reporter, like, I'll eat your children, I'll kill you, this and that. Like, who's the most beloved boxer, of, you know, all time? Mike Tyson. Like, oh, oh it's bad for boxing. This, but Really? Because people want to see that. Why yeah. did people want to see Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder? Because of this. Not because there are two yeah. martial artists going in. No. We want a story. We want to be able to pick sides yeah. and, and be emotionally invested in one person or the other. Yeah. Yep. So, so that, that was my big take of this week. Like people talk it and especially Dustin, like, oh, there's no place for it in the sport. Oh, yeah. Well, enjoy it when Charles Charles Oliveira drops you in the first round and 200,000 people bought the pay-per-view and you make, you know, a fraction. Hear me that. out. I'm, I'm, I hope Dustin's an underdog in that fight. So I'm bet Dustin like a motherfucker. I mean, it, it's a pick and fight, but I think it's a freaking. It'll turn into a snoozer. You think so? I think so. That, that would be a bummer. I I, I, be honest, I like that fight. It's not too well, welcome to welcome to pay per view without Conor McGregor. But it's not, and it's not just Conor. I mean, it's like you know, John Maybe Jones. He can call the John Joe. John Jones is running into pregnant women and and doing coke and doing all this stuff. Guess what? Every time John Jones's fight, it's people are buying that pay per view. Anderson Silva. Well, Anderson didn't. Way. Anderson didn't do anything. He was he was great from. Not an outside the ring, but inside the ring, more than entertaining. For sure. Even when he was, you know, too old fighting Uriah Hall, people were like, he, he walked on he? water around people. For sure. Well, and he didn't even necessarily do a ton of like brutal trash talk outside of the ring, but he embarrassed people in it, like laying on the that, floor. That's, that's and exactly clowning what on you. Watch. That's more embarrassing than telling me, you know, you're trying to bang my wife or something. Like, in front of how many millions of people you're gonna lay down and go hi and hide behind the referee and go yeah I'm not gonna try because I'm gonna stomp you like yeah. literally that's yeah. when he fought Damian Maya in Abu Dhabi correct yeah uh yeah so yeah Damian Maya and then what was that fucking guy's name oh man I I'm it's so long ago I'm forgetting but. Uh, who broke their leg at like the start of that one round against Anderson? No, Anderson broke his leg. No, 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 I, no. I know, I know who you're talking about. Um, uh, Coyote, Co Co Patrick Cote. Patrick Cote. Yeah, he was oh, clowning okay, yeah, on yeah. Patrick Cote bad. And it, then it was like he stepped and was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, it was. It was just another level, and you know yeah, that's why he didn't try for how many fights in a row. Like for a stretch of five years, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he was literally backhand, open-handed people yeah. out cold. Yeah, hell, he didn't miss a strike against Chris Levin. It was a hundred percent. But it but it shows to my point that people love people love guys, especially fighters who go against the establishment. That's why the Diaz brothers are so popular. Oh, They're yeah. totally anti-establishment. Yeah. They slap people inside the ring. Yeah, they lay down. They fight the Anderson Silva. They slap. And lay down. <laughs> they smoke weed at the at the press conference. Like <laughs> they do whatever they want. Yeah. And you know they're not 
bad for the sport. They make people want to watch. They're That's not what you outstanding can... citizens, you know. No. What I mean? <laughs> but let's let's be honest. Who who really is? Eh, well, especially from Stockton. Yeah. yeah. And then today, you know, shout out to Stockton. I'm, I'm sure you guys saw uh, Richard Sherman getting arrested today. I didn't until you said something. I haven't really looked into it, but gosh, his career's just going down. It did down not down sound down. good. You know, I've never liked that fucking guy, so it sucks to suck. So it's it, it sounds like Stanford um, education's not panning out for him, is it? Well, <laughs> yeah, that did not work. It sounds like because I was reading some more into it from what Schefter was posting. It sounds like. I don't know if alcohol was involved, but it sounds like he hit a barrier at one o'clock in the morning, nice. drove his car off the exit, and then abandoned the car, and then <laughs> ended up at the, the the house and trying to and was attacked by a police dog. Oops. Like, well, and he wasn't on a team. He was no, he's a free agent. Yeah. So, is he really that mad that he didn't make enough money in the NFL? Like, well, to be he, fair. That's not going to scare the Cowboys away. They were the leader in the clubhouse to sign him. They probably like him even more now. <laughs> oh. They do like that stuff. Jerry Jones was like, he did what? Get him on the phone. <laughs> I love him already. Get him on hey, the phone. Can we, get him at, can we get him at vet metro, minimum? Let's get him. Jerry Jones is trying to draft him. They're like, no, he's already been in the league. He's a free agent. He's like, no, we'll draft him. Like, no, so we'll sign him. Does that hurt, <laughs> does that hurt his uh, Hall of Fame? No. Nobody remembers it. They don't care. No. 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 Yeah. I mean, they don't he's care. borderline for me anyways. I mean. Really? Yeah. I, I, cause I mean, I take into account the Legion of Boom, you know, he wasn't the Legion. They, they had a Legion, you know, there's a lot of help. That's true. That's <laughs> true. A lot of help. Michael Crabtree banged on him for a couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, if that's your claim to fame is like, I shut down Michael Crabtree and I, I got a Michael Crabtree closet, you know, yeah, full of jersey. Yeah, I fucking love Michael Crabtree. But if that's your claim to fame, Oof. Not in the that's hall that's not getting you in the hall. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I stopped Michael Crabtree once in the corner of the end zone. Well, who's well. his quarterback? Oh, is he not in the league? Yeah, so it's probably a dog shit pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so the training camp starts in 15 days. I'm so excited. I know. It's gonna be great. Football's just, gonna be so hot at the national. Yeah. Where <laughs> college football starts and or I know camp for college starts in like 16 to 20 days and then so ready for football i just need i just need football. like we're in that law right now where it's just baseball like, yeah final just baseball and then you know cricket underwater basket weaving curling aka canadian bowling like it's a it's a rough rough hey go don't you diss my canadian friends right Hey, my wife is part Canadian and her dad is Canadian. So well, you better watch spoilers, language. That part of her, Caleb, is the worst part of her. <laughs> <laughs> the part that yells at you when you don't do something, that's the Canadian part. It is. That it the is. part that makes me watch, you know, regular Big Brother and Canadian Big whoa, Brother. Whoa. I, I love how the married guys are There's taking advice from, brother, from the king down there. <laughs> that's why he's not married. It's the other stuff. <laughs> that's why he's not married. He's lucky. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. no children, no, there, no wives, no Canadian who, wives. Who did uh, who'd you who'd you bet on? You said you had a bet for I don't know. You didn't you say you made you made a bet today? Oh, before I was go oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Bucks win on the Suns. I and I maxed it to I Suns six and a half is what I bought it to, and it was like minus 135. Sign me up. Oh, yeah, 
DeAndre Ayton over 12 and a half rebounds was plus money. Booker over two and a half threes was plus money. And you can, I mean, there's a risk free on FanDuel. It's only up to 10 bucks, but I'll take a $10 free bet on a 10 to one free money is free money. Same game parlay and, you know, bet that Chris Paul goes over, you know, 20 points. And yeah, I'll do that. Sure. Sign me up. No, I mean, it's not a bad, not, not a bad guys, game. Free money is free money. Did you guys yeah. hear about A Rod trying to buy out Panini, buy into Panini? Three billion dollars. I saw the article and his his, know, his ugly mug on it. I'm I'm super, Yeah, it's very ugly now. I mean, good night, bowling ball. I mean, for real. Yeah, I'm, I'm not no. a big A Rod guy. Here's the thing: why is it why isn't PSA and Collectors Universe bought into Panini yet? I mean, they might as well just own the whole market, right? Well, you might as well have Golden buy. Pinning. Yeah, you should have Golden buy. I mean, well, no, the Golden bought by Collector's Universe. You might as well yeah. let Collector's Universe buy everything. Yeah. There, you have a monopoly. Might yeah, as well so just then make you have, it all. Yeah, Panini, PSA, and Golden. <laughs> Come to Collector's Universe where you can have your one-stop shop. You can buy your product. You yeah. can have it graded and, and sell it all it. in one day. Oh. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, it does. <laughs> put it put it in the vault too. Yeah. They're, they're doing yeah. it right, and you know they wouldn't get any flack for being a monopoly either because there's so many fucking options out there oh i know they'd be good to go no i got got your package today thank you oh you did (laughs) yeah yeah i was i was looking at comps i think he i think he got a good chance to make like yeah 50 60 bucks on that stuff so i i i I know i texted you guys but i got that tyson fury autograph so it's the only one that i found that is graded I do love you some. Do you have you looked at the pop reports on PSA? On PSA, it's a different card, but not the one that I have. Have you looked up the one that you're getting on PSA? Uh, no. Okay, I'm just interested to see what the pop report is on it. Yeah, that'll look good. I, I mean, I love me some. I, I enjoy me some Tyson Fury too. I think he's gonna smash Deontay, and then so he, here's the thing. That card's selling, and I didn't buy it for what it's selling for, but it's selling raw for eighteen hundred. This is a BGS nine with a ten grade, or BGS nine point five with one ten, two nine point fives, and a nine. Whoa! Wait, wait, wait. So the raw sold for eighteen hundred, and what's this one? Did you buy this one? Yeah, I bought the it. Nine five ten. Yeah. How much you pay for it? Uh, not even close to seventeen hundred dollars. Like <laughs> three numbers, not four. Wait, what? Who, who's selling it? Yeah, who's selling this? I found it on. I found it on my slabs. Oh shit! That's what I do it. That's what I do at night before I go to bed. Like I'm scrolling through my slabs. Somebody got caught slipping. Oh, geez. Because. Someone's going to have to cut you off past like 11. So because, yeah, because I love my slabs and I'm going to keep reaching out to those guys and keep pumping them. You should buy your cards off my slabs a hundred percent of the time. Don't buy stuff off eBay. Cause you I get hit. I, I fucked the last cards. I mean, there's plenty of places, but I love me some, my slabs. My yeah, slabs nice, but have you heard of ship my cards? Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. Save on eBay sales tax. I mean, it may take a little longer to get your stuff. I personally am kind of iffy about it because it's like 
Like if I'm buying something high dollar on eBay, I want it in my hands in like literally two days. Like quickly, I'm gonna pay that night. You're gonna ship me the card the next day. I just you better I overnight it so it gets in my hands. So I just have too many issues with guys who like I had a guy today, a 99 cent auction, an Antonio Gibson Laser Prism 99 cent card message. Hey man, uh, I don't get paid till Friday, and I don't have the money for this right now. I replied, it's a 99-cent card. You don't need to buy it if you have to get paid for a dollar. Then say don't buy. <laughs> just just <laughs> please do not pay for my stuff. The only good thing about eBay now is it's like four days, and then they just cancel it if people haven't paid. The good thing with my slabs, if you don't pay for 24 or was it 48 hours, 24 hours, they basically lock up your account. Yeah. They're trying to keep people honest and trustworthy, which I appreciate. My slabs does a really good job of that. And I bought sure. some great stuff off there. Yeah. So no, so, I love my slabs. I'm excited for that. So Neil, what's your what's your thought? Do I sell that before the the Wilder fight or do I hang on to it, wait for the Joshua fight? Well, didn't he wasn't the last last week we talked, he got he got COVID, right? He's got the COVID and everybody else in the camp had COVID. Fight's so, gonna be in October. Sell it at weigh-ins. I don't. I here's what I say. It from what I've seen from an athletic standpoint, if he has symptoms, I don't like him coming back in October and being relatively as good as he was. I don't think he'll have the conditioning. I still think he outboxes Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is pretty trash. <laughs> I would say, here's the thing: you can always sell before the fight and yeah. and then make the buy. Or, yeah, and then rebuy afterwards. Or, I mean, if you really want to be the gambler, probably like what Dylan would do, you sell when someone wins or loses. <laughs> yeah, but here's the problem. I don't want to wait another year and a half for another fight. So I'll probably sell it before the Wilder fight. Yeah, That's what I I'm mean, saying. You sell it before the with fight. With that good of a deal. No one, no one ever lost money taking a profit. Facts. Take your money. All right. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Let's thank our sponsors real quick. So Graded Card Solutions, go to gradedship.com. They make all the boxes protecting your slabs, you know, when you ship it. So because you can't trust the post office, they will break stuff. They, people will stomp on your packages. Who knows? So go to gradedship.com. Dream 15, get your 15% off purchase there. Slab Saver, go to protectyourslabs.com. Get Kip, your, show us what you got. Bro, I got my slab saver. I got this is my. Uh, Do you have anything in it? Oh yeah. Open it Dude, up. This thing is super protected, which is awesome. Yeah. So I, I got two in here. I got my Ali Auto, and I got my Prize Ric Flair rookie, which you can't see off the. <laughs> Beautiful. So. I love this one because it also gives you the humidity going on right now. Um, and then I got the 30, the big 30 case, which is awesome. It fits up. in a backpack. It fits in the backpack. It's got the humidifier in it. So it tells you what the humidity inside the case is. So your cards aren't going to get gunked up. You also get, so there's a, there's a deal going on. So if you get the, the package, you get all three, you get the, the single or two card carrying with the humidifier. You get the normal carry. You get the 30 case. And then you get 150 or 125 mag stickers of your choice. So always remember 
credit card or protectorslabs.com. If you use Dream 3, you get 10% off. Yes, sir. And we're going to hang out with Jerry and those guys at the Nationals because they're good people. They like what we do. We appreciate them for what they do for us and the hobby, even though kind of like what Aaron said, you know, we're small, but we got to start somewhere. Like, look somebody at find us uh, a, a merch sponsor so I can get some fucking hoodies made. Yeah. If anybody does merch and wants to sponsor us, we would love to do that. Hopefully come to come next year. Maybe next year we'll have our own booth at the uh, national. You guys better be taking all them cards. I wonder, I want to know how much a booth like that costs. Oh, uh, good spot. Five, oh. <laughs> Five grand. That would, so that would be my guess. If it was like a premium, like a corner, like a yeah. white entrance. I think if you're stuck in the middle, maybe 1500 bucks. No, nah, yeah. you probably get the corner. You'd probably get the corner in the back of the room. That's probably what we'd get if we tried. Y'all take shit with you when you go to nationals and just be throwing cards on the ground. Just <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, and because so <laughs> we'll do this over the next couple weeks, and we'll we'll pick a date to do this. Um, as I drop my light, what I want to do is I got a PSA submission back, which I was not happy with all the way. Okay, I have Pokemon a one. Yeah, so this 2020 Pokemon, this Charizard, somehow it graded a five. <laughs> Dude, they, they totally... So here's what we'll do. If you, like, if you like our page, if you share our content, if you like the YouTube page and subscribe, we will give away this card for free. You can crack it. And sell it for more than it's worth at a five. Yeah. So we'll do that. This will be our giveaway. I want to see people like, share, subscribe. Somebody's gonna win this this Charizard and make me wish that I never pulled it, which I can't believe the this one got a five. It looks exactly like yeah, a one got all the cards. I have another one. I got another one. It's a 10, and it looks this one looks better than the 10. I don't get Dude. it. Take that to the net. If if no if no one likes, comments, or just subscribes, just take it to the national. <laughs> we'll reset we'll go, that thing. We'll go give it to uh, go give it to Aaron for charity night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. So no, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Looked like we had uh, we had more viewers than we've ever had, which was great. Um, um, thanks to thanks Aaron. To Aaron. Yeah. yeah, thanks to Aaron coming in again. Uh, we'll post stuff on our. <laughs> we'll post stuff on our our social pages. I, what up, Drew? Um, so so uh, we'll post stuff on our social media pages. Go follow Aaron. Go follow Slabstocks. They're doing great stuff in the hobby. They're a trick. So I don't. So all right. Appreciate you guys. I, we'll try to get one in next week. I'm heading to California on Wednesday, so we might have to get one midweek. Maybe maybe not next you know, week. Yes. Why are we going? Why are we doing it next week? You don't. I mean, we could take a week off. It's up to you. Well, I say we do a post national. We can do a post national one. Because I got stuff I got to do tomorrow. I'm actually in Pittsburgh. All right. I'm closing what the deal in Pittsburgh. What you're saying is you're picking me up on the way to the national. Wait, are you in Pittsburgh? No. Oh, wait, <laughs> do you have a hotel? No. Where are you going to stay? I don't know. On the floor of your hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you like a five-month-old screaming at six o'clock in the morning. Got to do what you got to do, my man. Anything? Um, 
I don't know. We'll figure it out. I might only be able to go out for a day. Kind of depends on because guys will be racing in uh, Pomona. So I, we swing by through Indianapolis. Maybe I can. If I'm going to go, problem always... is I don't have I don't have room in my car. But you can always y'all figure this shit out afterwards. Hey, boy. shut up, Dylan. You can leave whenever you want. All right, bitches. I will. All right, bye. All right, later, y'all. <laughs> yeah, peace.